everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Swing Away Podcast, where we talk about everything MHSAA softball. I'm Jenna Rose, joined by the real stars of the podcast, Total Sports' Donnie Dreyer and college-bound jocks Brian Chittister. Guys, excited to get this podcast rolling. As, as, as always, for sure. Glad to be here. Yeah, and Brian, you weren't with us for the first episode, so during that we had Donnie give a brief review of his softball resume, so can you tell us how you got involved with College Bound Jocks and how that started? Wow, that's going back a ways. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, probably 18 years ago now, uh, it all started with, just like a lot of people, with my kids. uh, My oldest son wanted to play uh, college football, and I really didn't know a whole lot about the recruiting process, so started doing a lot of research, and the, the number one thing that kept coming back was, got to have game films you know we got to have highlight films and video was all about it well my career I made national TV commercials for a living so that kind of lend itself perfectly and I was like well if they need video I've been doing video of the kids since he was 10 so I got plenty of that and so I made a really cool highlight video for him and it went out to a bunch of college coaches and they're like this is the best thing I've ever seen <laughs> so <laughs> it uh, went really well then I ended up uh, my next son wanted to play uh, college baseball so we helped him with a skills video and then my daughter uh, you know just it just my kids led into their friends and I just did it for fun just helping them out and uh, we learned a lot about the process as we went and uh, and then it ended up kind of just turning into a business because it was I'll be honest I mean even though I did commercials I loved making TV commercials I made two Super Bowl spots in my career um, I, this is just so much more gratifying I mean I got a kid into Harvard Harvard football back you know a long time ago now but that was cool because it was just you knew you were going to change that kid's life you know he was looking at Central Michigan and nothing against Central but it's not Harvard and he had a 34 ACT and we ended up getting him into Harvard and he's doing amazing now you know so just those kind of things I think are really really gratifying and that's what I get into all this is just really being able to help out the kids and and helping change some lives you know it's kind of cool yeah I know I used you when it came to me trying to get recruited for college ball and that helped immensely so thank you for that a little bit of a throwback but it's always cool seeing how that's advanced over the years because when I'd go to camps I'd have coaches telling me how kids used to send in DVDs with popcorn try and get creative so it's cool that it keeps on building and turning into something like that so Donnie how did you get connected with Brian well it started way back when his daughter Amanda she played in the finesse organization all the way up so got to know Brian uh, through the years uh, with that and then um, when Brian you know went into uh, he created college bound jocks uh, we obviously talked and uh, it was just a it's a perfect fit for what Brian offers he's just a really great advocate for a lot of our players so you know our program offers ways that kids get recruited um, but we work side by side with with Brian and college bound jocks and uh, so we've uh, it, it's been a great relationship I don't know Brian I don't know how long it's been but it's been a uh, oh, oh. Over 10 years. I, I left uh, the TV commercial industry about 10 years ago, and we just went full-time with College Bound Jocks, and uh, it's been great. Yeah. Uh, that, I think the biggest thing, too, for us is uh, what's really been helpful is that uh, my daughter and her career, I mean, all the way from you know high school ball going, and she'll be playing in the Olympics this year. So I've got a lot of experience in, uh, in softball, knowing what are what good softball mechanics are and then the trick is 
is getting the evaluation and then understanding what level these kids are, are most likely going to be recruited at and then getting their video to the appropriate college coaches. And when you do that, that's when all the good things happen. Right, and we got the dynamic duo in here to break that down. We're going to talk about the recruiting process here today on the Swing Away podcast. But before we get started, State Champs Michigan Swing Away podcast is presented by Lawrence Technological University. Recruit yourself to one of two dozen varsity-level sports, including softball, at Lawrence Tech. Simply log on to ltuathletics.com and click the Recruit Yourself link. Swing Away is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA needs officials. Go to MHSAA. A.com. Great part-time pay. Stay connected to the game. Support the kids and give back and get paid. Help wanted. Just whistle. Go to MHSAA.com slash officials. The pros at the Detroit Medical Center's physical therapy and sports medicine pros. Check out our Game Changer segments with helpful injury prevention and recovery tips. Find them on our State Champs YouTube page or on our website, StateChampsNetwork.com or on the State Champs Michigan social media channels. And for more immediate access to care, go to dmc.org slash game changers and the detroit athletic club foundation's male and female high school athlete of the year awards the state's elite athletes will be honored with a red carpet gala on monday june 14th at the incredible dac in downtown detroit this year's nominees to be announced in mid-april for more information head over to the dac athlete of the year.com all right, so I'm sure everyone's sick of hearing me talk. Yeah, I'm know, sure they'd yeah, rather hear you guys get it going. So especially with COVID-19, right, that's been impacting the recruiting process. So hopefully you guys can break down what athletes need to do during you know, these hard times, especially with getting the process started. So, Brian, what is some advice that you have when it comes to the first couple of steps? Ah, well, the big thing has been in the last, you know, certainly the last year, um, the the restrictions that the NCAA has put on their college coaches to get out to recruit. Certainly all the Division One coaches have been restricted to go out there. It's just been uh, uh, strictly video has been the only thing they're allowed to do. They cannot do any face-to-face recruiting. And that's uh, been going all the way through this spring. They're hoping that that's going to get lifted here you know soon um, but the uh, the video has been the key people need to send video whether they're shooting it on their cell phone or whether they get people like us to create it but it's all about uh, getting video in front of these coaches so they can see these players somehow uh, since they're not allowed to attend any games or have any camps or anything like that so video has been a big uh, a big piece of it and a lot and Twitter a lot of people putting uh, information just like little video clips out on Twitter uh, anything that they can do to try to get in front of these coaches has been uh, the key Right. And something that I get confused about is I'll hear about verbal commits and then I'll hear there's only certain points that you can start talking to college coaches. How does that process work? Right. So if for Division One, um, you're not allowed to have any conversations with any college coaches until September 1st of their junior year. Um, if you're a Division Two, you can start having conversations with a coach as of June 15th of your sophomore year. So going into your junior year, but June 15th. So the D2s get a little bit of head start over D1 schools. Uh, D3s, they can actually have, uh, they can email back and forth with kids, but they're not really supposed to have conversations with them until um, their juniors, going into their junior year is pretty much where it's at. Um, uh, then they can have any kind of conversations. Now that's what the athlete, but D3 coaches can talk to parents and stuff uh, about their program and whatnot. 
uh, NAIA, uh, like Lawrence Tech, they have uh, less, far less rules and regulations on recruiting. So literally, as kids are coming into high school, they're allowed to have conversations with them and email back and forth and uh, you know whatever they whatever they want to do basically right and donnie feel free to chime in at any time because i know you work with a lot of young athletes sure just um even though the there's only a certain time that college coaches are free to be able to talk with the athletes the athletes can start the process much sooner than that they can reach out to the college coaches so it's important for kids um, early on, I mean, uh, ninth grade or freshman year is uh, a perfect time to start start doing some investigating of what may be important to them uh, in, regards, in regards to schooling and a, a softball program. And they can actually reach out to the college coaches. A lot of times it's uh, through email. And, uh, you know, we encourage them. It's a great way to start doing introductions. Um, but what's really key is you, you, you want to have your basic information. You always want to be able to have some uh, some skills videos. So that's really important. So if you think of a college coach, when so, when a, when a, a pr- prospective student athlete reaches out to them, they're going to first thing they're going to do is look at the video, and that's why the video is so important. And they're going to wow, that's a kid that we were we need to look at. Um, then they'll go and look at the academic information. They're going to want to, not, not just grade point, but if, if you can provide some transcripts, that makes it real easy for those college coaches to start following. And in the case of Brian was mentioning uh, his son in Harvard, they're going to want to know early on, even though you haven't even taken your standardized testing yet, they want to see if you're on track to potentially be a kid at Harvard. And then the kids also want to include their uh, their summer schedule. Uh, maybe their school schedule. So coaches look at it, they say, wow, saw the video, got the grades, let's go out and, and find that kid. And hopefully, hopefully soon uh, the Division One coaches will be able to go out and do, uh, and do recruiting. So we'll see. Just to clarify, it's not my son that went to Harvard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh it, was it was somebody you were was, working it with. It was one of our, it was one of our, our clients. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my sons both uh, good, good kids, great athletes, uh, not Harvard material. Well, just to clarify, I'm not Harvard material. <laughs> yeah, no, me, me either. Me either. You got to be a special breed for that. Oh, good stuff. But, yeah. right. And something that you both touched on is that it's important to be in front of these coaches when it comes to skills videos so even if you're just posting stuff online but where's the difference between someone who's shooting stuff on their phones versus using your service with the connections that you have in the process of how you put together a video right so for us it's like you know i'm putting 20 years of experience of making national tv commercials behind it and making sure it's like i look at every kid's skills video like a tv commercial it's like i make sure that we're shooting all kinds of different angles, the proper angles, things that are going to allow a coach to really see, um, you know, that that player's abilities from from different angles. And then we also we put on screen measurables for every athlete. So these are just things that is like a lot of bells and whistles that you're, you're just not going to be able to do with your cell phone. But that way, if we're measuring your home to first speed, it's right on the screen so coaches can see it. There's no hocus pocus. It's right in front of them. Uh, same thing with exit velocities, um, catchers pop times, pitchers uh, velocity speed. When you know Each pitch they throw, we're putting on the screen how fast was that pitch. So when coaches, when our college coaches watch our videos, they know 
this is legit because we don't mess around with that stuff. It's all, it is what it is. And that way uh, they have good information and they can say, wow, that kid looks really good. We need to go check her out. Uh, pitching, for example, too, we're going to shoot from uh, with two cameras, one behind the catcher and then one behind the pitcher so the, pitch, the college coach can see the movement on those pitches. So a lot of different uh, ways, but that way, and it's, it's mostly about the quality of the production. Um, but having said that, if you don't have that ability, you know, just getting something in front of coaches is better than nothing. Now, the one thing, the one little caveat to that is I always tell the kids, listen, it's fine if you're going to shoot some stuff with your cell phone, but please make sure that you have your coach take a look at it before you go sending it off to college coaches because there may be things in it that are not good and you just don't want to be, you know, putting that out there unless somebody has a bit of knowledge, takes a look at it and says, you know, geez, your swing, you know, you're, you're rolling over your wrist, you're doing this or that, you know, it's like, Let's fix that before you start sending these things off to coaches because once once that bullet's left the gun, you're not getting it back, and it's like you want to make sure that you're always putting your best foot forward. Yeah, and I, I would just um, you know follow up with that and saying it, it, some video is better than no video, but uh, absolutely if you can get it done professionally or get it done by someone like uh, CBJ that knows exactly what the colleges want to do. Typically, a video should be no more than six minutes. A lot of times it's you know between four and five minutes, but it, it shows exactly what needs to be shown. Coaches can make a decision if that's a kid they're going to put on their list and they're going to continue to track. But video is very, very important. And of course, it's really, you know, taken to another level now that the coaches have to look at things virtually and they can't see it with their own eyes. I also think like um, it's great to have like kids will put out little and we do this for all our athletes on social media is huge. I mean, we're putting clips out um, that they've had highlights from their games. We're putting that on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook because we have coaches following us all over the place on on uh, on social media. But and that's great. But those are like one clips. And that's why the skills video is really important because it kind of gives them the whole picture. It's like, OK, great. I saw you had that one home run or this or that. But the skills video is really where they're going to get to break down what your fundamentals are and what they look like you know in a, in a succession like Donnie said you know between three and six minutes yeah I honestly can't imagine my dad trying to hold a cell phone <laughs> and getting that out there for me but something that's important too is when it comes to softball some kids like to just play high school ball and maybe they want to compete at the collegiate level or travel ball does it matter what team you play for when you're looking for those options and Donnie feel free to chime in on this as well yeah I think it I think it does matter but it's it's not mandatory Jackie Joseph at Michigan State told me that uh, you know I said where do you go to recruit players she goes well if the best players playing on the moon then we're going to go to the moon so um, but there's no doubt that college coaches recruit programs if they've had success with uh, good uh, club programs they're going to continue to go back there we're all we're all creatures of habit so um, and there are times when um, there's certain tournaments that these coaches will will be at and to get get the teams that are at those tournaments are important the other thing that I think is really important and it um, it dif differentiates a little bit from what the parents want the college coaches want to see the players in a, com a competitive situation, not only with the competition that they're playing against, but the team that they're on. So, you know, when they're on a team that's 14 or 15 players and they're all competitive, they like to see how that kid interacts within their team. Because, you know, college rosters are typically 20, you know, and um, can a kid uh, feel comfortable in the environment? And then again, if, if I'm a Division One coach, 
and I'm re- looking at a kid or recruiting an athlete, I want to see how that athlete competes against other Division One players. So certainly not mandatory, but in many cases uh, it, it definitely helps. Yeah, definitely. And the the, uh, the the biggest thing is it's attitude, making sure that, you know, yes, the college coaches are going to show up and watch you play and you're not playing, which happens. You know, you, they, you can have a college coach show up to the game and you're sitting that game. So how are you engaged? Are you up on the on the fence of the in the dugout, and are you are you being positive, or are you sitting over in their corner pouting? I had um, Columbia University of Columbia Ivy League school came to Michigan to watch one of our kids, and that's exactly what happened. She wasn't pitching, and she didn't she wasn't hitting well, and so she started pouting. And after the game, coach, God bless her, she actually went over to the kid and said, look, I came all the way from New York to see you, and that's not what I wanted to see. And just so you know, I will not be recruiting you now because of that. She goes, it's, it's not, it's beyond your control that you weren't on the mound pitching today. And sometimes you don't hit well. That's part of the game. But how you react to all that, that you can control. And boom, that kid just lost her way to going to Columbia just for that one simple reason. And real quick, I had another um, baseball player who he didn't know the college coach was in the stands watching him. And and so he popped up three times in a row, three at-bats. And in his third at-bat, he slammed the bat down and, uh, and he didn't even run it out. And he went to the dugout and coach called me and just said, this is a disaster. I came to see this kid and this is what happened, you know. And, he, and so I text the kid and his dad right away and I was like look you just lost that school and it was all because you know it's like look you never know when a coach is there to watch you so you gotta be watching that stuff and and just to to finish up on it there's I've had players very talented players that were non-starters that have received full D1 scholarships and there's a lot of programs around the country that 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 happens so sometimes getting into the right program knowing the coach I think of Mike Seth out in, uh, in California I mean he's got kids on his team that not starting this year may not start next year but have already um, now this is back before mm-hmm. the recruiting changes but these were kids that had already full ride scholarships and they were they were non-starters so getting into the right environment is um, is good but as I mentioned not mandatory there has been some great I think of Haley Wagner that that was a great pitcher at uh, Michigan Uh, she didn't come from a well-known program so it can happen but um, I I think when you get with the with the right program it it increases your opportunities we also speaking of Michigan State earlier Jackie Joseph uh, I was at this uh, tournament out in Colorado she was there and there was a particular player that they were watching and she did the same thing she struck out three times in a row with Jackie Joseph sitting right behind the backstop came to watch her but every time that kid ran in the dugout got her glove ran back on the field and did her job defensively and then after the game the coach the travel coach called Jackie because she left and he's like you know you got to come back and see her one more time she just had a bad game and she goes I saw all I need to see and he goes no really she's good she goes no I'm good too she goes I want the kid she goes I loved her approach she went down swinging she had good at bats I love her we're taking her so it's a lot of its attitude and how you approach things for sure Right, because I love how you both talked about controlling the controllables when it comes to what programs you're looking at or how you act and behave on the field during certain situations. What are some other things that you guys have noticed during your tenures when it comes to what else could help potentially athletes when it comes to their behavior or what they're doing on and off the field when it comes to recruiting? 
Well, we, we touched on a little bit, but your attitude is so important. Coaches love to be able to see you fail, believe it or not. They want to, you know, we always say that softball is a game of failure, and it definitely is a game of, of failure. And they want to see how you handle failure. If you're one that carries it and, uh, <clears throat> you know, can't put it behind you, that, that's a quality that they're going to they're gonna evaluate. So staying positive. There's so many things that you can do when you're not playing well that you can show well. I had a, a player years ago that you could never tell whether she was 0 for 3 or 3 for 3. The way she ran on the field and played defense. And uh, she ended up going to Notre Dame, so that's not, uh, that's not surprising. Um, but for me, attitude, attitude hustle is, um, uh, is really important. Yeah, I can't really add much more to it. That's, that's exactly it. It's all it's all about your your approach. Um, I, I want to touch on something else uh, since we're talking about the recruiting process and reaching out to the coaches. Um, a lot of us, uh, it, it's we want to go out and immediately say, "Hey, I was you know last tournament I was nine for fourteen. I hit two home runs, and you're and you're reeling off a lot of stats." I would encourage the kids to talk about in terms of how they can make that college program better and that's what college coaches they, they want to know is uh, what can you do to make my program better Hutch always says you've got to leave Michigan in a better place than when than when you came here and so when you're reaching out to these coaches tell them how you can benefit their program what you can do to help make their program better versus um, you know always you know stats are somewhat important I mean you like to know but um, talk about how you can help the program no, I love that. And when it comes to emailing a coach and that initial contact, do you have any advice or when it comes to how you should draft that email or start that conversation? Keep it short. <laughs> Keep it short. Uh, believe it or not, uh, you know, talking with a, a, a college coach, you know, I, I complained about how many emails I get. And uh, she says, well, I've got 5,000 of them. And all I can do is start by looking at the subject line. So, you know, a, a really cool subject line. It's okay. Um, you know, to have some of that, that little bit of uh, swag Swire. in you, <laughs> to, you know, to say something like, uh, you know, email from your future player, or you know, just say. I heard one time a college coach; she just loved it that they they mailed her a little shoe and said, "Just trying to get my foot in the door." <laughs> so, so little things like that that can can make you stand out. And um, and we're telling our players right now. I said when you when you reach out to coaches, keep it very simple. They've got a lot of emails. Um, be real real direct with it, but have some style to yourself. Have something that personalizes you, and um, it's okay to have that that swag or that that moxie. That's what they're looking for. That's what they that's what they want to coach. Yeah, hundred percent. The swag is definitely a big thing. Just not good cocky, not bad cocky, right? <laughs> but the, uh, the the big thing I uh, would always tell our players is that make sure that you you know you have a good subject line, hundred percent. You know, and you can put power hitter or whatever in your in your subject line. But then when you're sending the email, tell the coaches why is their school a good fit for you the worst thing that kids do is they just want to blast out generic emails to all these coaches and they know right away when they're reading it it's just a generic email it's like well if you can't take the time to to um, explore that school and find out why is that school a good fit for me then why should that coach take the time to check you out so it's like always you know I always tell kids make sure that you're checking out the school and give them just one or two little reasons of why that school would be a great fit for you I've checked out the your biology program I'm planning on studying biology and the, the John L Smith School of Biology is to be a perfect fit for me great 
Yeah. So. The, the one thing I want to take an opportunity to mention, too, because we deal with this a lot of times, uh, especially, you know, at the high school level and definitely at the club level is, you know, my kid's got to be playing a certain position. You know, she, she's going to got to play shortstop. She's got to play a position. And when I talked to her, like I had um, a, a kid that was committed to Michigan, and I went to the Michigan staff and said, you know, where do you want to see this kid play? Where can I help develop him? And their answer to me was, play her wherever you need her. We'll figure out when she gets here how we're going to use her. So player wherever needed. So no, coaches look at great athletes with great attitudes. They're not looking, is that kid a shortstop? Is that kid a second baseman? Because many times great infielders have become outfielders and, and vice versa. And I look at Amanda Chittister, who's uh, you know an All-American and now an Olympian, and I think she played seven positions for Michigan in her time there. Eight. What can you do to help the team? Eight. Right? Eight. Eight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So close. Yeah. So uh, there's a perfect example. You got a great attitude. You got a great athlete, and um, that's what college coaches are looking for. So don't get caught up that the coach is behind the backstop and they don't see you at shortstop. That's that they can evaluate you without seeing what position you're in. I also recommend not telling a coach that I'm I'm just a shortstop. That's what I do. I I'm a shortstop. Or if if you're coming in, it's like, am I going to be a starter next year? You know, it's like those are all things that are gonna, you're going to determine when you show up, but they're not going to guarantee you those things. So yeah, yeah. team player. Right. Yep. So then a major theme is just making sure that you can be a utility player and play those different positions so that if need be for what the team needs. Not necessarily you don't have to be, but just be willing to play other, try other things. But, you know, I mean, I do think that coaches a lot of times, they, they're specific in what they're recruiting. I need a pitcher. You know, it's like if if you're not a pitcher, that's all I need. That's what I'm looking for. So uh, I don't I don't want a jack of all trades on things in a lot of cases, but just have, being willing to, to go and play other positions. Yeah, to, to be be versatile because if you're a great catcher, but there's a junior catching, and you hit the heck out of the ball, and you can play outfield, then you could be starting as a as a freshman. So I, I you know, it's good to be versatile. It's good to be uh, good to be flexible. Um, on the recruiting, one other thing I want to mention is that you know right now we're in a dead period, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to go to what's called a quiet period for the Division Ones June first. And that means that kids are able to come onto campus versus the coaches being able to go out. We hope the coaches are going to be able, the D1 coaches are able to go out uh, and recruit off campus, but we don't know that now. But the reason I bring it up is I'm starting to see a lot of the colleges are starting to offer camps. Um, and so for these kids that during the summer, and I think the colleges are going to work with um, the summer schedule so the kids can play their weekend tournaments, but we're seeing more and more camps pop up during the weekday after June 1st. And I think that's a great opportunity. Any college campus camps, as long as there's schools that are in your target area, to attend those camps, is um, I think it's, uh, it benefits you greatly on the recruiting process. 100%. That's exactly what I would say. You want to go to go to the camps where you you should have a legitimate shot at, at being, you know, a player there. Uh, you know, if you're just going if you're a mid a mid-level player going to, you know, Notre Dame camp or LSU may not be the right fit for you, but uh, you know, I, I would say try to get those evaluations from your travel coach or whoever that can that has sent players to that level and can give you a good honest evaluation and then you can spend your time and money going to the appropriate camps. 
Right. And before we wrap up, I know, Donnie, we want to get to some updates when it comes to the Total Softball Player of the Year Award. But, Brian, really quickly, can you just give us some information on how athletes could contact you and why they should be going to college-bound jocks if they'd like to get their recruiting process started? Yeah, of course. So, so obviously, collegeboundjocks.com is the, is the website, and you can go check it out there. Um, the biggest thing that we do is that we're just um, – you know, we have a 99% success rate of getting kids recruited. So uh, the only kids that don't end up getting recruited are kids that typically get to their senior year and decide they just don't want to play anymore. But if the kid really, really wants to play, we always find a place for them. And it's all about, uh, I always tell our kids, the biggest thing that we bring to the party is that we get you fishing in the right pond. The biggest mistake parents make is typically they are fishing in the wrong pond. They're sending their kid to those big camps when their kid, maybe they are a Division One player. They're just a small or a mid-major Division One. They're not a Power Five Division One kid. And you can be uh, a really good player, but if you're just going to those big, big schools, you're not going to get recruited. So it's all about getting the uh, evaluation, knowing you know where you're really gonna, where it's most likely you're gonna be recruited, and then start hitting up those schools with emails and uh, phone calls and going to the camps, and and that's what we help guide people through that process. And then that's just going to the College Bound Jocks website, or is there a specific yeah. email they should look yeah, at as you well? You can go. Uh, you can check. The email would be get started at collegeboundjocks.com. And uh, depending on the sport you're in, we can you know we can help you with any sport. Uh, obviously, we specialize in baseball and softball right now, but uh, yeah, and we can give you all the information you're looking for. Yeah, thank you, Brian. I'm excited to have your insight as we move forward with the podcast covering MHSAA softball. And Donnie, speaking of that, <laughs> I know you got some updates. Well, we you know last week we were able to really highlight um, almost 29, 30 kids that we've got in our top 10 and and watch list, and so the numbers are just just starting to get and games are starting to be um, played but one shout out it, during the show we're going to highlight a couple pitchers uh, this week but um, a, a shout out to uh, Howells Avery Wolverton who's committed to Furman University uh, she just recently threw a no-hitter 19 strikeouts and uh, that's a great start but those are the numbers that we're going to start to see come in and, and, and Avery is on our watch list but it's things like that. If she continues that, that's going to push her up into the top ten. And I think the, the the kids on the top ten list should take notice. For, <laughs> former college-bound jock, I'll add. <laughs> <laughs> love, love, love Avery. Yeah. Great kid, great player. And Avery's also a very good power hitter, too. So she, uh, she brings multiple weapons uh, to this contest. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like it. But um, if anyone has any submissions that they'd like to do for the race, you can email Donnie at DonnieDreyer16 at gmail.com. That's correct. And Donnie's D-O-N-N-Y, D-R-E-H-E-R. Yes, please. We're we're starting to get some coaches send them in, but that really helps us. We, we don't want anyone to fall through the cracks. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us today and excited to have you back on next week. It was my pleasure. Thanks, Jenna.